0: Hello, and welcome to the Frontier Strategy Group podcast series. FSG is the leading information services provider for emerging markets executives. We partner with business leaders at over 200 multinationals by providing them with research, analytical tools, and data that help power their emerging markets business strategies. The focus of today's podcast is evaluating and managing distributors across sub Saharan Africa. My name is Richard Leggett, and I'm the CEO of Frontier Strategy Group, and I will be moderating today's podcast. Joining me for today's conversation from FSG's London office is Anna Rosenberg, Senior Analyst for Sub-Saharan Africa and the author of our latest research report. As a reminder, this research and all of our content is available via our portal at portal.frontierstrategygroup.com. Anna, thanks for joining me today, and welcome. We've got a lot to cover, so why don't we jump right in. Well, let's start with a high-level question. Can you explain uh, why this report has been released now and what exactly makes it timely?
1: Thanks, Rich. Well... As you know, Sub-Saharan Africa really is the big opportunity at the moment. And um, a lot of companies are moving in there and are investing heavily. But also, many are failing um, because they don't really know how to navigate the complex business environment on the ground. So, while competition is actually increasing, there's also an increased need to outperform. So, that's the reason why we really released the repeat At the moment because we have been speaking to a lot of executives from leading multinationals and we found that um, many of them are struggling with uh, finding and evaluating and managing distributors so that's why we thought um, it really is the time to address those challenges and give executives the tools to do so that's why the piece was really released in the last couple of weeks
0: Great. Now, before we dive into some of the details in the analysis, could you quickly share your executive summary with our clients, i.e., what are the key points that clients should draw from your report?
1: Well, it's just really simple and straightforward. The report really helps executives to find the right distribution partners. It helps them vet them and structure working relationships to be poised for success. So it's divided in three sections, and we have different tools and different case studies according to all of these three sections. And it really is very simple to use, and um, companies can implement it to their usual processes and make it more effective.
0: Great. Now, why don't we dive into some of the details? Can you tell us a bit about the distribution landscape in sub-Saharan Africa and some of the differences across countries and regions?
1: Yes, sure. So, um, the distribution landscape really varies across the different countries and particularly across the different industries as well. So, um, less so um, according to the different regions. If you look, for instance, at South Africa, it's obviously one of the most, has one of the most developed infrastructure distribution landscapes in the continent. And there are very well developed modern trade channels there. Now, interestingly, um, Kenya also has very well developed modern trade channels. So, we have a lot of malls, we have a lot of retailers that are expanding in Kenya, and a lot of South African um, retailers are expanding across the continent at a rapid speed. So in general, we see that modern trade is increasing in the continent. But having said that, traditional trade is probably still the most important channel to reach out to customers in the continent. Now, if you are in Kenya and you think that modern trade is very dominant, the more you go out to the rural areas, the the less important it gets and the more important traditional trade becomes. If you look at a country like Nigeria, which is probably the most attractive country for most of our um, multinationals investing in the continent, um, traditional trade is the most important channel still because modern trade is not as as great at the moment, as greatly developed. So it really depends totally on your industry and it depends on um, the country you're going into. So you will also find that regulations are very different from country to country in terms of setting up local entities or simply in terms of setting up local offices and the rules the regulations in terms of working with partners. In general, sometimes multinationals will find it difficult to find distributors in one country or the other. But um, as more multinationals are actually entering into the continent, local distribution businesses are being set up and the quality of service is improving. But the battle to work with the best one is also getting fiercer. So in general, it is very varied and it very much depends on your industry. And that's why we have come up with this report as well, as you will see um, while we'll discuss it more in detail.
0: Okay, so why don't we talk about kind of step one, which is how should multinationals go about the process of finding the best distributors to partner with?
1: Okay, so um, basically... As I just mentioned, the realities of distribution vary according to the industry and according to the countries. So companies have to do a thorough analysis of the market to understand the distribution landscape. Often multinationals come to us and, and say, okay, so how do I actually find a distributor? How do I work with one? And they want an easy answer. But unfortunately, there is no easy answer. If you want to do business in sub-Saharan Africa, you have to do your homework. You have to invest in primary research. You have to go down there and walk the market. And 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 really understand the distribution landscape. And that's why what we've done in this report is we've given executives a question catalog that helps them analyze the distribution landscape. I'll I'll mention a couple of questions in there. So, um, for example, how is the distribution typically structured in my industry? This is a question you have to ask yourself when when you look at a country like Nigeria. Or what are the regulations for market access, working with local partners and setting up offices on the ground? Or more importantly, actually, are there any groups that dominate the distribution market and could make it Difficult for me to enter the market? And uh, who are the main players in the country? So you have to ask those questions for your specific business. Because if you don't do that, it could happen to you, like it happened to uh, one of our clients who wanted to go into Nigeria and um, was working with one of the best distributors there, in fact. And was then really unhappy with the distributor and fired the distributor because they didn't get the goods into the market because the goods were stuck at the port. So after firing the distributor, this uh, company decided to do it themselves. But then they realized that they couldn't get the goods out of the port and that the actual problem was the port and not the distributor. So, for you to understand those challenges, you really have to understand the market and that's why you have to analyze the distribution landscape. And we help companies do that by giving them a question catalogue, but then also we have a couple of tips and tricks how you can go about finding a distributor. If you if you need other other resources so a very simple method is to simply look and traditional paper-based directories, directories such as yellow pages because often in, in markets which are not as internet savvy and um, you will find a distributor advertising there so very simple a very simple step a very simple idea but very effective in some markets
0: great now, let's, uh, let's talk to some uh, examples. Um, can you give us a, a couple of examples um, as to how your analysis showed leading multinationals structuring their distribution in sub-Saharan Africa?
1: Sure. Um, let me give you um, Unilever as an example. They basically divide the distribution model between general trade and modern trade, and their distribution network is defined by the number of customers in the market, particularly by the number of shops. So for example, if there are 100,000 relevant shops and you wants to make sure to reach 75% of them. So what they do is something called outlet mapping that allows them to work their way down from the number of outlets to determine how many distributors are needed to reach those outlets. Another example is um, Coca-Cola, for example. Um, as you know, Coca-Cola works based on a franchising model. They produce the syrup that is then sold to the bottlers, who do the rest to convert um, the Coca-Cola bottle into a finalized product. So um, what they found is that because of the infrastructure challenges in sub-Saharan Africa, they couldn't necessarily distribute across a wide range geographic area. So what they did then is that they came up with a very clever idea. They basically set up um, so-called manual distribution centers, which are in some remote areas, but are still accessible by road. So basically, the bottlers serve them with Coca-Cola bottles, and then you have a lot of local sales representatives coming in and getting the Coca-Cola bottles and carrying them around on their back, on bicycles, on dunks, and making sure that the Coca-Cola is really widely distributed across the continent. These are just some examples from um, the consumer goods sectors, but we have other examples in there from, from other companies and other sectors. So executives should really read the report.
0: Great. Now, let's talk to the, the process of due diligence. What, what, what should companies and our executives do in terms of uh, due diligence and, and keep in mind when they're vetting their distributors?
1: Well, I think that the most important uh, thing really is to manage expectations. Companies may not find the ideal distributor they would like to work with. As often, as I mentioned earlier, they simply do not exist. And also, um, assessing a distributor may not follow all global company standards, as the criteria are often not even applicable. So many successful multinationals operating in in the continent um, place much greater emphasis on personal relationships on the personality the drive and the ambitions of the business owner even if the distributor for instance doesn't have so much experience so um, realistically companies have to focus on finding the best possible fit not the perfect fit but the best possible fit so that could mean that you start working with a distributor in Uganda who actually is uh, specialized in distributing tires but he might be a very good distributor and you could be working with him so it's really about thinking out of the box and and then when it comes to the actual vetting as the information is limited companies need to account for a longer vetting period than in other markets and during the vetting process companies should invest resources in building relationships and trust with potential partners because this will not only allow companies to evaluate the business owner which is very important in a market where business decisions really come down to personal relationships but it will, make also, um, it will also make it much easier to get crucial information out of the potential partner. So again, we have provided a detailed question catalog in the report that helps companies to vet distributor according to criteria which are specific to the African markets. Just to give you two examples of questions um, here, how does the distributor acquire information? Is there a systematic approach in place for collecting information? Is the owner willing to share information? I'm giving you this example now because uh, information gathering in a market where there's not much data is key. Another question is, does the owner have good relationships with potential buyers or customers? customers, and important contacts. So we have a question catalog that will help you vet distributors here in this research piece. What
0: are uh, are some of the main issues that multinationals have to keep in mind when they're working with their distributors?
1: Well, what we find, Rich, is that all multinationals work with distributors according to three criteria or three issues, incentivizing them, monitoring them, and supporting them. But unfortunately, we realize that those three issues are not really aligned so let 's say you want to have to work with a distributor who can give you a lot of market information, detailed market insight, but then you incentivize him for um, for sales growth or you support him in buying trucks so That isn't really aligned to the capability that you want, which is market information. So, what we realized is that those three things have to really enforce each other in order to be effective. So, if you want Market information, you should incentivize your distributor according to the quality of market information that you receive. You should monitor him according to the market information that you receive, and you should provide support for that, such as providing primary research, providing someone who is actually on the ground with you, collecting data, or also providing technological tools that help you provide that market information. So we really think that if you work According to this cycle, you can um, be poised to 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 outperform with your distributor and build the capabilities that you need.
0: If I can, I'd like to explore each of those three uh, categories a little bit further: incentives, monitoring, and support, uh, as it relates to uh, specifically sub-Saharan Africa. So maybe we start with monitoring, since that's the first one you cover in your research. What what best practice insights did you uncover during your analysis that you can share with our with our listeners?
1: Well, um, thanks for asking this. Basically, most multinationals, um, which are successful in the continent, all told us in in, in surveys and interviews, that it's crucial to have either a local presence on the ground and to maintain a very close line of communication with a distributor, because that's crucial in an environment where things are basically come down to personal relationships. And um, what that means is that if you have a local presence there and and, to have frequent communication with your distributor, you can, first of all, increase your distributor control. You can gain a greater understanding of the market, which will become beneficial once you go direct or you want to expand in the region. Um, You can also be directly involved in building the distributor capabilities and in building um, relationships and distributor loyalty. Now, why this is also important is that many distributors face problems with liquidity. And that is often a problem for them, but often it's also caused by them. So um, it happens that, for instance, in the first two years of a working relationship, a distributor would go and um, divert funds for other projects, such as building a house or distributing SIM cards. But then um, he doesn't have money to to do his core business activity. And this is something that a multinational can only prevent by really staying in close personal relationship with a distributor.
0: What about about incentivizing? Should we turn to uh, the second topic?
1: Yes, sure. So um, companies with successful operations in the continent, again, understand that supporting distributors... In building their business is an incentive that will ultimately add value to their local operations. So, apart from monetary incentives, popular incentives in sub Saharan Africa include things like branded cars, vans, refrigerators, or materials to decorate and paint the outlets with the company's logo. That's important because often the, the outlets are very bare and don't have much decoration, so you can really add value and at the same time get visibility. Also, advertising in local media with the distributor's name to give the distributor visibility, then there's a lot about rewarding um, the distributor in front of peers because there, are many countries in sub-Saharan Africa, there's a lot of upward social mobility and distributors will be very pleased and proud to show that they're actually working with a multinational and that can be in itself incentive enough because that means that if you work exclusively, for for example, with Unilever, um, your brother or your cousin might be able to set up also a distribution business and work with a multinational. So those are incentives that are are very attractive in the in the continent.
0: Great and then how about the third category of support? What what best practices did you uncover there?
1: Well supporting is probably the most important category of them all and it goes really hand-in-hand with incentivizing distributors Um, because It means that distributors can build capabilities and increase their performance. And the support should be based around training. That means educating the distributors on issues such as how to run a business, uh, compliance as well, on on financial issues, all kinds of education, but also educating customers. So let me just give you an example um, in terms of educating distributors. So Diageo, for example, provides um, training to their distributors in general. management, in finance, in credit control, in compliance, in ethics and also in sales. Now, when it comes to um, educating your actual customers, now this is quite interesting because many multinationals find that um, better educated customers are better customers. Um, so, for instance, um, Procter & Gamble, what they do is they combine the um, educational process with the sales process. So they employ nurses as sales representatives to go into local schools, into local clinics, and teach mothers how to use nappies and tell them about the health benefits of using nappies. So really what they do is they work with the distributors to provide custom education as well. And that is really very beneficial. Now, um, the next issue that companies should be supporting is commercial So that means financial support, it means sharing market information, but also building marketing capabilities. Now, for example, DHL helps distributors to get better prices on trucks by negotiating higher quantities for various distribution partners. And it also helps their, their distribution partners to get credit to buy those trucks. And crucially, our next line of support has to be around the actual execution on the ground because there are all the logistical challenges and there are um, challenges in terms of crime, corruption, counterfeiting. It's really important that multinationals help the distributors navigate those challenges on a daily basis. So many multinationals, what they have actually done is they have built infrastructure. Now, that sounds like uh, something uh, very difficult to do, but in fact, uh, for example, SAP Miller have built roads. They have paved roads so that the distributors can actually go to their plants. Um, also, Vale have built rail lines to be able to serve their mines. Um, of course, many telecommunications companies do that on a constant basis. Then, um, now let's look at an issue such as um, how do you deal with Counterfeiting. Mercerano, a healthcare company, they, they lost 75% of their entire turnover in 2009 because of counterfeiting in Nigeria. So what they did is they collaborated with the distributor and they invented an SMS system that allows customers to check if the purchased medicine is counterfeit or not. And um, basically a sign is glued onto the individual packages that once scratched allows the customer to send a free SMS to a number to receive an immediate verification of the product, and then Merck Serrano recovered ninety percent of its business. And I think this really is a prime example of collaborating with your distributor to to do something that to help the distributor navigate challenges, which is of immediate value to yourself.
0: Thanks, Anna. We, we we're starting to bump up against time, and I know there are much more detailed case studies in the body of your report, but I did want to cover one last topic, which was in your report you also discuss. Uh, FSG's distributor gap analysis, which, as you know, is part of our broader channel optimization collection. But I thought it would be interesting to, uh, if, if you could elaborate a little bit on this gap analysis, uh, specifically around sub-Saharan Africa, and what it allows companies uh, to to effectively do.
1: Well, basically, this analysis is really helpful for um, companies to evaluate the distributor capabilities against the needs of, of their business. For example, let's stick to the, to the example that I mentioned earlier about information sharing. You can say information sharing and market information is very important for you. So you can score that quite highly. You can score it at seven, for example. And, um, and then you score the d- distributor capability and you see that the capability is very low, it's just one. And you see that there's a gap of six. And that's for you to decide how to close the gap. It really helps you identify the gap according to your needs and the distributor capabilities and then you can look at that over the time and see if the gaps are closing or how you have to approach change your approach so that the gap is closing but you can also see if it's not closing and if it's time to actually terminate the distributor relationship it really should be part of companies annual evaluation of distributors this um, distributor capabilities gap analysis
0: yeah, and that's something that we're able to help with uh, our clients, not only in helping them execute that, uh, that diagnostic, but also su- suggesting best practices and, uh, and prescriptive solutions. So, um, Anna, th- thank you very much. Um, as a reminder, this report is part two of FSG's research on outperforming in the EMEA region. As growth is cooling across the uh, EMEA region, companies can no longer rely on natural market rates of growth for performance. Instead, uh, executives must allocate resources more wisely across their portfolios, and they must achieve best-in-class execution in their priority markets. And this analysis is clearly aimed at helping achieve those two objectives. As a reminder, you can speak with Anna or any of the FSG analysts at any time by simply reaching out via your account manager or directly. You can also access this full report and all of FSG's content on our portal at portal.frontierstrategygroup.com. This concludes our podcast. Until next time, we wish you great outperformance in your emerging markets.